Gera can hit them. Did oh, what a goal by Zoltan Gera! And still Baptista, yes! It's Kamai, it's fantastic! One from David Villa, great finish! He's done just that, he scored! Jorginho's done it! Hello and welcome to the Streets Don't Forget podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mountney, and I am joined by my co-hosts, two men who plan to challenge Barbie and Oppenheimer by relaunching the Goal series with a fourth movie, Own Goal, starring Richard Dunn and Jamie Carragher, <laughs> Ben Woolley and Harry Martinez. I like that because Richard Dunn does have the record for the most exactly. I don't know what's going to happen when I eventually run out of these little intros. Does the podcast just end? Oh, you'll never run out of it, mate. There's too many footballers to make quips about. Right, well, let's get straight into this. We didn't have it last week, but it is back. Return of the fact. We are off to fact corner. <laughs> yes. Return of the fact. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. I love this segment. When Justin Cliver makes his Bournemouth debut, he will become only the fourth player to play in all of Europe's top five leagues, joining Florian Radachoyu, Christian Poulsen and Stevan Jovetic in the record books. Stevan Jovetic been, has been at all of them? That's, yeah, that's a throwback, that. I didn't know he'd even been outside of Italy and England. He played for Hearth Berlin, he played for Sevilla, and I want to say Marseille? Oh, Monaco, Monaco. Monaco, that's Yeah, the one. Monaco. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, play for Michael. Uh, next one for you. In 1990, the Albanian national team was detained at Heathrow Airport after they helped themselves to more than £3,000 worth of items at duty free, believing the items were actually free. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we've all been there when you're younger and you're just a little bit dopey. There's no excuse to be doing that in your mid 20s. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, would you would you want to pull the Albanian squad up on that? I wouldn't. No, no. Funnily enough, they got released because they couldn't find a translator. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't made that up, I promise you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed bizarre injuries uh, involving Eber Benega in his car and Dave Besson with a jar of salad cream. I found another one. Oh, here we go. Danish international Alan Nilsson suffered a bizarre injury while he was playing for Tottenham when his newborn daughter poked him in the eye. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> you can't even be mad. No, like, no. You know, I have a, I have a mate that once uh, kicked one of the... You know the shoot footballs, the flyaways? Yep. He once kicked one of those and because the wind blew it and it moved and he just he kicked the spade right in the side and just split his toe in half. <laughs> That is horrific. That is awful. It was James Farrell. Was it? Oh, God. (laughs) God, It was. Sorry, James. That is awful. Uh, In April 1986, West Ham legend Alvin Martin became the first player to score a hat-trick against three different goalkeepers in the same game. Uh, What? Irons beat Newcastle 8-1, and he scored past the goalkeeper Martin Thomas, who was then injured. So outfield player Chris Headsworth went in goal. Uh, he scored against him, and then Peter Beardsley went in goal, and he scored against him as well. What a oh, man! Yes. That is excellent. I was really hoping he was going to score an own goal. It's going to be the eight one. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Uh, in 1969, Italian club Sampdoria were so grateful to have not been relegated, the players walked 20 miles to a secluded mountain sanctuary to thank the Virgin Mary for saving them. 
That Did is you say you're welcome? Might be the most Italian thing <laughs> I have ever heard. Yeah, the fact that you have to walk 20 miles to go find a virgin in Italy is not really a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. That was that too was good. Excellent. That, that was, was so good. That's being kept in. <laughs> Finally, lower league Argentine footballer Dario Dubois loved the band Kiss so much that he played in makeup as a tribute to the band. And I've even got a photo for you. Oh, you know oh, what? I have nothing but respect for this. Oh, yes. Look at him. He looks more like a French mime. <laughs> when you order the Joker off Wish. Wish. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it for Fact Corner. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. I don't know if I can do the rest of this podcast without face looking at me. That's horrendous. <laughs> Alice Cooper would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Have you boys got anything else you'd like to discuss? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I've got I've got something that is going to lead nicely into the rest. Is it of this anything episode. to do with and, a band um, that wears makeup or Italian virgins? Because I don't think I can take any more. No, <laughs> it's, it's to do with the it's to do with the future of this episode. Well, what we're okay, going to be okay. discussing, and I don't know if you've seen the uh, the article that came out about Chelsea yet again trying to sign another no. player. No. And they're trying to sign. Um, I c- I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, but El Yiwahi. Have you seen him from Montpellier? It's that. Have you seen <laughs> what him? What are you talking about? They're signing. They're signing this player from from Montpellier, right? And the the first tweet of that, like quote tweet of that tweet, is just say just says go and check his Wikipedia page now. I know Daniel loves a uh, controversy we may, bit. We may have the, some Wikipedia-related uh, things page. coming later, but stay tuned for that. And this is going to be seriously bleeped, but I'm going to read you the controversy page from, from this man, okay? So, in October 2021, a 22-year-old woman filed a legal complaint against Wahi for violence that resulted in her being incapable to work. She claimed that he had punched her in the nose during an evening out at uh, a nightclub on the night of the 12th to 13th of September. Now, we all know that footballers like to do things that are very wrong but this gets this gets much (laughs) worse okay so in november 2021 it was revealed by investigative reporter that wahi had been expelled from khan's youth academy for allegedly pressuring secondary school students to masturbate in front of him in the bathrooms what the this guy's a wrong what the I was going to say he's going to fit right in at chelsea (laughs) also someone should tell, tell chelsea it's not 2012 like signing players from Montpellier <laughs> doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Eunice Bellhander's oh, getting Eunice a call. Bellander. I was about to be like, I can't wait to know who this guy is, just because Harry's massacred the pronunciation so much we couldn't tell. We'll know who he is when he's stood in the old Bailey in about three years' time. <laughs> yeah, I know he is because he's at the top of Interpol's most wanted list. Like, f- oh, mate. How is this guy getting a big money move? Jesus Christ. What? Honestly, this episode is a mess. <laughs> oh, should we should we talk about some strange transfers and try and get this back on track? Yes. Yeah. Should we not talk about any criminal convictions anymore? I mean, mine might be up there again. Oh, f- sake. That's <laughs> 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 nah, okay. not that bad. Well, I'd like to start us off with a little tale. This this streak to forget transfer has it all. It has a snowstorm, an agent paying part of the transfer fee, and of course, because it wouldn't be a dodgy transfer without it. A broken fax machine 
Oh, classic. The ridiculous bit Love transfer it. business would not be complete without the Masters. Step forward, Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking us back to January 2009 and their club record £15 million signing of Andre Arshavin from Zenit St. Petersburg. So let me paint the picture A for man you. who is in our Hall of Fame. He is in our Hall of Fame. So I'm going to paint the picture for you. So in the days leading up to deadline day, Arshavin had flown to London because there was going to be a massive snowstorm hitting the UK. And his agents wanted him in the country in case the deal moved quickly. But this was done without Zenit St. Petersburg's knowledge. So they put him up in a hotel in Hertfordshire, not far from the Arsenal training ground, and told him to keep a low profile and not be spotted. So the next day, because of the, so the snowstorm, the Premier League announced that deadline day had been extended to February 2nd. Also on, on that day, every newspaper had a photo of Arshavin stood outside the hotel talking on his mobile phone. And Zenit, for lack of a better phrase, went absolutely ape. <laughs> Can you imagine? And at 10 a.m. the same day, he was flown back to Russia. As we know, that was left in the window. Arsenal were offering £13.8 million and Zenit wanted 15 so Arshavin's agent, John Smith, took a gamble. And out of his own pocket, he paid the £1.2 million difference and told Arsenal a fee had been agreed. <laughs> that is the ballsiest oh, that, thing you know, I've ever heard. Can you imagine? He is the definition of there is no greater danger than yeah. playing it safe. This man absolutely took it on his shoulders and absolutely smashed Apparently, it. Apparently, so the story goes, he called up Ivan Gazidis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a few weeks into the job at this point as well, Gazidis. And uh, when John Smith... I can't believe his name is John Smith. It sounds like I'm taking the piss, but his name is genuinely John Smith. <laughs> he definitely yeah, When he called uh, Ivan Gazidis, he told him that the fee had been agreed. And he said there was about a minute of silence. And he thought Gazidis had cut him off. And Gazidis, ju Gazidis just said, <laughs> OK. There were two problems, though. Obviously, there wasn't much time left to get it over the line. There was less than an hour. And the, the snowstorm meant that Arsenal couldn't get Arshavin back to London until the next day. So, with 20 minutes to go until the window closed, everything was ready to go. And then in classic 2000 deadline day fashion, Zenit's fax machine broke. Because why wouldn't it? <laughs> it did get it fixed. And all the papers got sent off to the FA. Are you ready for this? With four seconds to go. Four God. seconds. Oh, yes. And Good I think God. the reason why this transfer sticks in my mind is obviously because I'm an Arsenal fan. Back in 2009, you couldn't just hop on Twitter and look for the latest updates on David Ornstein. You had to be glued to Sky Sports News. This was the glory years of Sky Sports yep. News. Mm. We didn't hear anything for like 24 hours. Nobody knew what was happening. And then a day after the deadline had passed, they announced him. And he was announced by just walking out of the Emirates into... A, a crowd of people, <laughs> the snow falling. Like, it was the most like old school bit of transfer announcement I've ever seen. It, it's so good. That's fantastic. I've I've got I've got a little one for us. Do you remember Ozzyard Dealers that played for Tottenham? Yes, I know which one you're mentioning here. So he, after signing for Tottenham, he wound up having a little stint at PSG. Right. And you know how transfers are normally arranged. How do you? Who do you think orchestrated this transfer? How do you think it came about? Ozzy did it himself. Did it himself? Maybe a director of football? Uh, the thing responsible for his transfer to PSG was the Falklands War. Falklands War! <laughs> <laughs> you are joking. Obviously, being an Argentine, 
there was a a minor disagreement, like a little scuffle, some handbags at dawn, if you will, and it obviously made it a little bit difficult to be in England at the time. Obviously, he had nothing to do with it himself. Nothing about it was his fault in particular. They just decided it wasn't really in anyone's best interest if he continued playing in England. So they gave him a six-month loan deal to PSG, and he stank the gaff out. Oh, yes. He was he was awful. I think he was quoted as playing like, I have never played worse than I did at PSG, or something like that. Can you imagine if they did this now with, like, Messi? Can you imagine, like, you're like, oh, sorry, we, uh, our, our shipping can't play anymore. We shipped him off to, like, Galatasaray for six months. <laughs> Which is Can you imagine? That is not- uh, he did go back to Spurs, though, to be fair. I think he, he helped them lift the UEFA Cup. Uh, he was there till like, 88, and I think he then became caretaker manager. So you know what? Kind of a happy ending. I've got a little side note on Aussie RD, Les. Mm. Have you ever heard the song that the Tottenham squad recorded for the 1981 FA Cup final? I can't say that I have, but I feel like we're about to. <laughs> so the song was called Aussie's Dream, Spurs Are On Their Way to Wembley. And would you like to guess which musicians recorded the song with the squad? Rod Stewart. Not a bad guess. Well, that's not a bad shout. It's not Rod Stewart. Elton John. No. Mm, Cliff Richard. It is Chaz and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the lyrics, as he's on his way to Wembley, his knees have gone all trembly. <laughs> what is that? Man. There's been some great football songs down the years, but that one is not one of them. Oh, mate, for f- sake, I've just turned around and seen that face again. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Dario Dubois still lurking. Oh, mate. They should have done it with Kiss. <laughs> Ozzy Ardila's in the makeup. <laughs> Goodness me. Well, well, I've got a transfer that is a recent transfer that. Well, I'm not sure. They still don't know if this transfer ever happened or what's happening with it. Okay. And it is the incredible story of Jean-Kevin Augustine. Oh, yeah. Ooh, nice. Have you, have you ever, have you heard, like, what actually is happening with this transfer? Are Leeds having to so, pay a transfer fee for a player they never signed? So, yes and no. So, he, he uh, so, some backstory to Jean-Kevin Augustine. Back in when he played in the Under-20 World Cup, when they lifted it, he won player of the tournament in a team that contained Kylian Mbappe. Okay? So he was that good at that point. So when he was at... uh, Saudi Arabia because he's a nothing player. Stinky. (laughs) So he was at Leipzig and got a loan move to Leeds. This was when they were in the championship in 2019. With... The agreement that if they got promoted uh, come the end of the season, he would be signed permanently for 18 million, right? But obviously, as we know, into 2020, we had the COVID pandemic and football got put on hold. And eventually, when Leeds got promoted and they were supposed to sign John Kevin Augustine, they said that it didn't happen because he got, they got promoted once the season had already ended. So they argued that they weren't going to pay the money for him. Bearing in mind, he'd, paid, he'd played 48 minutes that season for them. So not a lot. And they were supposed to pay 18 million. 
So Leipzig then said, no, he's got to play for us. And at this point, he's floating around with two clubs that don't want him. So it goes to uh, the Court of uh, uh, Arbitration for Sport. And they rule with Leipzig and Leeds have to pay the fine of 18 million. Turns out they still don't like that. So it goes back and forth. They end up paying 15.5 million for him, which at the time worked out at something stupid per minute what they were paying for him. So it gets worse than that because he was then released by both clubs and signed for uh, nonce on a free. Okay, so after all this, Leeds have paid money money for someone that hasn't actually played for them and they haven't got a fee back for him. He's just released on a free because he doesn't know where he is. A year later, he then goes back to the court, Jean-Kevin Augustine, and realises that Leeds never paid his wages. So (laughs) Leeds are then ordered to pay four years' worth of wages around £80,000 for him, bringing the total fee to around about £35 million. And he paid 48 minutes for them. He is oh, now still at nonce and doing nothing. Business ever. That is is it is awful. It is awful. Surely you just bite the bullet, buy him, and try and sell him on. That is ridiculous. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, you know, I don't get with transfers, right? They're... I'd like to think at least well-researched things. Like you have a whole scouting team. It has to go to a couple of different like execs. So how is it? I have not one but two examples of mistaken identities in transfers, right? Oh, so this might have been Luther Bliss and John Barnes. It's my favourite thing yeah, ever. It absolutely yes. is. It absolutely is. Because obviously Milan looked at John Barnes, I think at Watford at the yeah. time, and were like, you know what, what a player. We'll nab him. Somehow end up getting Luther Blissett. He did f- all. In fact, the only thing I found that's even remotely noticeable about his spell in Italy is this fantastic quote where he says, "No matter how much money you have, you just cannot seem to oh, get rich right, Krispies." Right, so there's so <laughs> many like that. There's so many like. There's one from Des Walker about like. Uh, they, all, all they eat is pasta or something along those lines. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, honestly. And then, so Brits abroad. Obviously, a bit closer to home. You remember the Ali Dia transfer, oh, right? Yes, elite. Oh yes, elite. moved to Southampton in 1996. Everything goes to <laughs> Graham Sooners when asked why he brought the guy in, was wrongly led to believe he was the cousin, the cousin of George Weyer. Yep. What? <laughs> Have you ever seen the interview they did with his mum? Like, after, they've done it recently, like five years ago. They went back and interviewed Ali Dia's family. And he was mm. so torn up about it because he was apparently not the one to say that he was the cousin of George Weyer. Someone had told Alan Pardew this and he thought he'd, he'd made it big time. He thought he'd watched him and, and he was that good. And then when he came and he said, you're the cousin of George Weyer, he said, no, I'm not. And that's how <laughs> it went from there. The funny part about that is he obviously came on and played however many minutes. Then he, he absolutely takes the piss the next day. He rocks up as a massage from the club doctor, obviously for free, and then f- off and they never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Luther Blissett there, Ben. Yeah, go on. He didn't make much of an impact in Italy, but not in a not in That's a footballing my, sense. Not in a footballing sense. But did you know? Oh. In Italy, there is a thing called the cult of Luther Blissett. Okay. And it what? is a group of cultural activists who throughout the 1990s staged a series of media pranks to uh, to push forward their 
<laughs> their kind of beliefs on uh, on culture. And they they adopted the name the cult of Luther Blissett. No way, that is brilliant. <laughs> that is so good. I'm sensing an opportunity here, boys. We can recreate this in the aggregate. We're going to start. We need to pick a player who's kind of had a dog <laughs> transfer spell. Emmanuel Abue. The cult of Emmanuel Abue. We're going to start. <laughs> oh man, that's going to get us into some. <laughs> if we pick Abue. <laughs> Speaking of that have somehow got somewhere in life. You all remember Jay Bothroyd, right? I do remember right? Jay Bothroyd, yes. Second so, time Jay Bothroyd's come up on this podcast, I'm starting so, to get concerned. When when he got promoted with uh, Coventry City, right. he managed to get a move to Perugia in uh, in the Serie A. Now, nothing about this is that exciting, apart from the fact that he's moved to Italy and is a bit weird. But in, in seven goals and 39 games wasn't great either, but... Do you know who his strike partnership was? Yes, and became, I do. I do. And a good friend of his. Colonel Gaddafi's son. It is indeed Colonel Gaddafi's son. <laughs> it's so good. It's good friends with Colonel Gaddafi's son. Who I think at the time was rumoured to be buying Crystal Palace as well. Perugia, Perugia have got another one. Um, I'm trying to find his name. An Jung Hwan. Was, he was a South Korean footballer. And if you remember rightly, South Korea mm. beat Italy in the 2002 World Cup and then not famously knocked them out. Oh, I know this story. Um, and, and as we know, the owners of Italian football clubs, they're a bit bonkers. So, yes. perfectly rational people. They're not emotional the, in the, the slightest. The owner of Perugia decided that he was not very happy with uh, Dan. So he ripped up his contract because he'd scored against Italy. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I mean, surely, if he's good enough to score against your national team, he's probably. Do you know what? Quite I, good. I found a quote here. So yeah. he ripped up his contract the day after he scored the goal. Hadn't even come back from the World <laughs> Cup. So Bruges <laughs> owner was called Luciano Gauci, and he said, "I have no intention of paying a salary to someone who has ruined Italian football." <laughs> the best it's part so of this is as well. It's he's not like a, a to mull over it. He's still yeah, gone. It's not a knee jerk decision. He's gone to bed and it's, still woken yeah. up molding. Yeah. He's had a pay to mull over it and he's still gone. Do you know what? <laughs> that guy. <laughs> you know, that is a really hater. Is. That. Oh, <laughs> that is petty we can only aspire to be. There's something so good about seeing random players in. Like Serie A, like when you see a random British footballer just make the move to Serie A, like do you remember Kyle Lafferty to Palermo? Like, yeah. what was that doing? Him and Dybala yeah. as a strike partnership, like what? What, what is that all about? Has some great like legends coming over. Like Bolton have signed half the legends we can think of for people on this list. Oh mate, like, so good. Their best yeah. recruitment in two thousand. Whoever organised that deserved a massive pay grade. Like Fernando Hierro and JJ Ococha. Yeah. Like, where have they pulled that from? Julio Cesar, legendary Brazilian keeper yeah, going to weird. QPR. Edgar Mate, Davids totally. deciding to manage and play for Barnet. <laughs> like, but I think one of my favourites has got to be um, Joey Barton going the other way and going to Marseille. Going to Marseille, yeah. Because he, he decided that he was going to learn like exactly four words of French, but say everything in just his <laughs> dog. French accent in every he, press conference. He took Steve McLaren yeah. and ran it with is, it. The thing is, the accent is like the piss take 
accent an English person would use when pretending to be a Frenchman. It's the one we do for quoting Arsene Wenger. Deserve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I believe we had the art and the desire, but uh, <laughs> I did not see it, but uh, but so it's, it's under Trez times, and I'm like, bro, shut the f- up. Oh, <laughs> it's funny you funny you mention Arsene Wenger. I've got a good one here. As I'm sure you're aware of the of the phrase, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, Tottenham have not learned their lessons. So we know about the Willian transfer when he was having a medical at Tottenham and then Chelsea rang him up and he'd left the medical midway through to go and sign for Chelsea. Yes. Yep. It is yep. not the first time something like this has happened to Tottenham. Oh, no. So when Arsene Wenger first arrived at Arsenal, obviously he signed a lot of French players. So in the summer of 1997, he heard that Emmanuel Petit was at Tottenham discussing a move. They managed to get word to Petit during the negotiations with Tottenham that Wenger wanted him to come to Arsenal and they told him not to sign anything. So Petit said to Alan Sugar, who owned Tottenham at the time, can I go back to the hotel and think about this offer? Alan Sugar said, yeah, fine, not a problem. Tottenham then paid for a taxi for him to go to the hotel, but instead he went to Arsene Wenger's house and decided to sign for Arsenal. So Spurs oh, yes. paid for their transfer target to go and sign for their biggest rival. You know what? It, it is. It seems to be a Spurs thing though, because they did it to Everton last season when they signed on out down Juma, like literally yeah. right under their noses. Yeah. Have you and seen? Now, he has the chance to do the funniest thing in football history because he's been linked with them again. Unfortunately, no, he unfortunately, he has well, he's now gone signed for Everton. Yeah, he has. Uh, Imagine you're sitting there as an Everton fan, and you're like, oh, "It's all right, we get him second time of asking," and you you give the little Sky Sports page a little refresh, and you're like, "I do not." He's done it again. That little. Did oh, you see man. the tweet where Everton have just tweeted out going second time lucky and there's a picture of him <laughs> in an Everton top? <laughs> They're taking the piss out themselves well, now, excellent. Thinking of weird transfers, like, I guess, not necessarily undeserved, but transfers where you're like, how the f*** did he pull that off? It's the curious case of one Eric Maxim Chupomoting. Yeah. Um, perfectly decent footballer. Like, not a slight on him at all. But... He was kind of at his level. He went like Mines, Schalke, Stoke. The thing is, from that Stoke spell where he was garbage, where he went to after that, like, it's how he pulled that off. But he has come good. But at the time, what You're the sitting there thinking, was that about? He was mediocre. <laughs> it was so bad. Five goals for Stoke in a season. Is that it? Kind of bad. Five goals. That's Cameron Jerome level. Yeah, it is. So... The logical next step in his career was to spend two years at PSG. Sound. How? This How? man's agent Champions has called a final, for God's sake. Yeah, he did. He pulled a blinder. He's a, he's a decent, kind he's of not that tier player. He's not PSG at Bayern Munich level. He's now played 61 times for Bayern Munich. If anyone has the contact details for Chupo Moting's agent, please send them our way because we'll have a Spotify deal in no time. We'd have a podcast up and running. Can he negotiate my new contract at work? Like, <laughs> But speaking of players that look out of place up top, do we ever remember a couple of years ago when Liverpool signed Stephen Corker? Oh, oh yes. yes. And, they played him and up Jürgen front. Klopp wanted to stick yep. him up front. What was that about? What did he see? <laughs> Still not as good as Stuart Pearce putting David James up front. That was brilliant. 
Oh, Calabit EJ. Is yeah. the same as Chelsea signing Kai Havertz and sticking him at striker. Like, it's we'll just not hear any disrespect for that man. He's an Arsenal player now. <laughs> striker, mate, I've got a lot of disrespect for him. Keep my midfielder's name out your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and they're getting his Juve move as well. Incredible. Yeah, Nicholas and Elka playing for every club in Europe. Yep. I mean, at what, at what point are we going to mention Real Madrid signing Thomas Gravison and Julio Faubert? Yeah, true. That was that was... one. Jesus. <laughs> what was that about? I, maybe the Gravison thing was like Luther Blissett and John Barnes. They actually meant to sign Lee Carsley. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Somehow I think that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, I think that may be, may be what happened. They look exactly the same. They were looking for Yap Stam. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> Well, we... it's just the fact that Julian Faubert had Fabio Cannavaro next to him. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't he fall asleep on the bench? Yeah, oh, yeah he did, yeah. The, the photo yeah. of when he's been presented as a Real Madrid player, and uh, I think it's Alfredo Di Stefano is looking at him like, what the f*** are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> How are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harry, you've discussed on this podcast your connection to Barcelona. Yeah. Can I have your thoughts on uh, their recent signing of Oriol Romeu, please? I couldn't say that with a straight face. There's got to be one side of the season that's got to be a what-the-fuck moment. I mean, we look back at Martin Braithwaite, then Kevin Prince-Boateng at the age of, like, 35. Like, what What were they? What were those signings? They've had one, one a year where you just think, are you sure you've got your head screwed on? I, think see, I, know, I know why they do it. I know why they do it. Because Money? definitely with the Braithwaite one, they signed him at a point when the club they were signing from couldn't replace him. Last part. So yeah. yeah, they're going to the clubs they're buying the players from, being like, I'm gonna take your best player and you're just and like we have no intention of playing this man. We just don't want you. Well, to I don't, what I don't, I don't get, get the Romeo one. Yeah, they've they've signed him to replace Busquets. Just keep Busquets. <laughs> He's better than Romeo. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't really get it. I think I I'm, I wonder if it's like a token of like, oh well, you know, you were so good to us and you know, we'll buy you back and whatever. Such a weird signing. This is why they're just in a mess. Like they just do stupid stuff like that. I know it's a free transfer, but come on, oh, yeah. like, it's just dumb. It's when it's when you look at your budget on FM and you've got like seven hundred grand. You're like, right, what thirty eight year old? Yeah, I will. I will I delve into the free agents and see what I can find. <laughs> Literally, like when last year on FM when you were pulling out Paulinho just because you know he was free. He was on a free. No, you're yeah. exactly. This is what you do on FM because you go on FM and you look in the free agents and you look for players and you go, oh, who played for them however many years ago? They've gone. He played for Southampton. He was in the Premier League. We love him. He's played yeah, for Chelsea. We love him. Yeah. Do you know what? He's actually played for Barcelona before. We'll have him back. We'll have that him back. A shambolic piece of business, honestly. Do you know what, boys? Unfortunately. The transfer windows must come to an end at some point. But we have what I think we'd all agree is a fairly spectacular way to end the window. Now, I feel like you're, the answer might be obvious straight away. What is your favourite deadline day move? Ooh. Either a good signing or just unforgettable. For me, a la me Peter it's, I was going to say, Peter Rodderwing, he's up there. For me, it's definitely the purple dildo outside Cowell Road. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all day. All day. That is the best showing of telly on deadline day my, my ever. My favourite move, just because of how exciting it was, has to be Meza Ozil to Arsenal. I remember si- we were in school yeah, I think, when that was announced. Around, that was yeah, and we're sat there like, we're like, no way are yeah. we pulling this off. My other favourite moment, so obviously Odin Wingy, that is a classic. Like, it doesn't get better than that. 
And then the man who will be linked with that forever is Harry Redknapp. When he's hanging out of his car window, give it to me. Injected oh, yeah. into my oh, veins. Just iconic. Injected into my veins. Iconic. The deadline days aren't the same anymore, are they? Oh, they're not. Because you always used to have that one like deal where you know they've just made up this rumor. Because it would be like two-time Champions League winners moving to like West Ham, and you're like, no offense, West Ham, you're not at that level. Do you remember the the time when Chelsea on deadline day were going through every six foot four striker in the Premier yes. League? Yes. Like when they went through Carroll, Crouch, and you're like, please. Well, that sign that one transfer of them. ended up being the most like the weirdest thing because it was like. Giroud had to go to Chelsea so that Batshuayi could Dortmund, go to yeah. Dortmund so that Aubameyang could go to Arsenal. And you're like, what 60 chess are these Honestly. agents playing? <laughs> they have the owners on absolute <laughs> strings. I think I think the biggest deadline day deal I remember for how big it was at the time and because the transfer window was appalling apart from that deal was Fernando yeah. Torres to Chelsea. And then Carol and Suarez. That's that got to be one of the unreal. stinkiest transfers yeah. of all time. That is awful. I think social media social media's ruined deadline day. There was not there was nothing better than sitting in front of the TV as a kid and then it you watch the Sky Sports news it comes up with breaking news, we're going to and you're like, please be your club, like please be somebody good. Like it was I, I was so excited. It was a true as soon as you saw Jim White's yellow tie, you were like, right, I'm in I'm in for the long haul. Bring back deadline day. All day. You should shut Elon Musk, if you're listening, I know you've just changed the name of Twitter, but shut it down on deadline day. Shut Twitter down for a day. Close <laughs> it yeah, on deadline Only day. for deadline day. Make sure nobody can get on Twitter. I want old school deadline day back. You remember like when when Sadio Mane was joining Bayern last year and they had deadline day and they had someone there to interview him and they go up and go, there was Sadio, just a random Sadio, bloke in the car, yeah. it's not Sadio yeah. Mane. <laughs> Goodness me. Oh, the oh, mistake man. identity ones are so wow. good. Wow. So good. Love deadline day. Shall we move on to a little end of episode quiz, boys? Yeah, yeah. cool. Then I've got some transfer paperwork to sign to oh, a new podcast. That's a real shame. This. We're sorry. To, <laughs> we're sorry to see you go. I've got to fix my Harry, fax Harry's machine. Writing, Harry's writing the statement. <laughs> I'm fixing the fax machine. So it was forty million and one oh, pound. How did we not talk it. about Suarez? Oh, oh man, this oh, this deal. Well, do you know what? We're, we're going to segue back in. This deal is fantastic. window's been extended like Arshavin. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously. Suarez playing for Liverpool. Arsenal are like, we'll be having a bit of that, I think. So they find out Suarez has a release clause of, what, 40 million quid. Most sane people would bid, like, say, 41 million, just to be sure. Arsene Wenger decides to take unrivaled levels of piss and bid 40 million and one pound. And I've seen a couple of reasons as to why this then didn't go through. And it's either that the clause was misunderstood by Suarez and it only meant they had to tell him. Yes. I didn't have to accept it. Yeah. Or the one I like even more is that the clause was real, but it pissed John Henry off so much. He was like, F- the rules. I'm not accepting it from this. Yeah. So, didn't he tweet out saying, what are they smoking over at the end yeah. after they <laughs> so, submitted? Yeah. Apparently, Suarez could have taken Liverpool to court and could have got a move or a big hefty fee. But appar- the other reason that it didn't go through was apparently that the bid had to come from a Champions League club. And at the time, we were in the Champions League at that point. No, no, you weren't in, we're Champions, in the Champions League. League at that point. No. Yeah, we absolutely you were. You were. I, don't, I, think, I think the one that is real that I've seen is that it just meant that Liverpool had to tell him about the bid, but it didn't yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it. they had to bid over forty million, and at that point, they, they could tell him the negotiations were open. Well, they they just had to tell him about the bid, and that makes sense. I'm choosing to believe that it just it riled John Henry up so much. He was like, I do not give. A about the laws of the game, I am not letting this win. So good. 
I've just gone to look at uh, what year it was, and it was 2013, so we still were in the Champions League. Thank you very you much. You won! But I, we were! I promise you! 2013, we were in the Champions League. Anyway, I've just gone on and read this article. And the Arsenal's transfer negotiator is talking about that move, and I forgot how good his name is. His name is Dick Law. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, there is. I've just remembered there's an update to the Chupo Moting saga as well. Because not only is he currently at Bayern Munich, he's been linked with Manchester United this summer. Shut up. Mate, he is the perfect replacement for Van Weghorst. <laughs> Shut up. He screams Surely Eric Tenmark. Mainly because they've both got double-barreled surnames, but there we are. Oh my Very god, true. he has. Oh my god, he has. Please, Whoa, is Matt Weghorst, please. Yeah, mate, I'm like Fabrizio Romano, mate. I'm up to date with the transfer stories, <laughs> don't you worry. I, I, I am now I going to wait. Tweet. Here we go. Here I we can't go. wait. For United versus Burnley, where Vagwag Horse lines up against Eric Schubermotor and looks at him and goes, that used to be me, mate. That used to be me. You know, it's it's football written all over. Vagwag is scoring against United this Bag of hatty. Oh, please. Please. Anyway, we will now go on to our end of episode quiz, which is somewhat transfer related. And it is the return of a classic. It's the Wikipedia game. Oh. Anyone who doesn't know the rules of this one, pretty simple. I'm going to read you out a player's club career in chronological order, and all you have to do is tell me who the player is. Do we need buzzers? Yes, you do need buzzers. Are we going with the same as last episode? You can have the same as last episode if you want. Oh, Balak. Can we change him up? Uh, look, just have the same one. It'll, you can be your buzzer. All right, then, mate. Okay, so the first player started their career at Benfica. And then went to Farfay on loan. Then went to Fiorentina. And went to AC Milan. And then finished their career back at Benfica. Oh, yes! Is it Rui Costa? Rui Costa is a correct answer. Oh. I'm glad you got that, Harry. Because I'm going to be honest. I just completely zoned out for that entire question. <laughs> <laughs> He's gifted it to me. I, I heard AC Milan. I was like, it's, I'm too far in to try and redeem this now. He's fallen asleep. <laughs> He's fallen asleep at the back. He's still on goal. Well, yeah, on the wheel. I've missed a sitter. <laughs> you might want to pay attention for this one. It's quite lengthy. Oh, oh bloody hell. Is it Eric Supermoting? <laughs> <laughs> you use his full name, you... <laughs> Uh, this player started their career at Vasco da Gama. They then went to PSV Eindhoven, to Barcelona, to Flamengo, and Valencia, and Flamengo on loan, and back to Flamengo permanently, and back to Vasco da Gama, and to Fluminense, and to Al Sad on loan. Oh, yes! Yes. Is it Rivaldo? Rivaldo is an incorrect answer. Oh. Then go back to Vasco da Gama. <laughs> then go to Miami FC. And Adelaide United on loan. And then guess what? Back to Vasco da Gama. Oh! And... Oh, Is it Romario? Romario is a correct answer. Oh, it is one all. Well played, mate. Well played. <laughs> Oh, we said, I think it's, it's got to be a big Brazilian, so we're just going to go through the names. Literally, so, I went through Rivaldo. I thought maybe Ronaldo. How many times do you need to go to Vasco da Gama? Six. Maybe it's got to be a wonderful place to live and work. But not that good because you leave. Next player. Toxic X, isn't it? Starting his career, Alemania Arkan. 
Then they go to Werder Bremen. Then to Borussia Dortmund. Then to Bayern Munich, because that is the natural progression of any player in this league. And they go back to Werder Bremen and finish their career at Toronto FC. Ooh. Oh, Balak! Yes. Is it Stefan Effenberg? Stefan Effenberg. It's a good shout. It's an incorrect answer. Fair enough. It is a German midfielder, though. I'd say it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, what was his name? It was an answer in a quiz a couple of episodes ago. Oh, it's not him then. Oh, <laughs> yes! Is it Torsten Frings? Torsten Frings. Oh. It's a correct answer. It is not two, yes. one to Harry. Next oh, up. To be fair, that, that career, could, it could have been any one of like anyone. a million Germans up until them, Toronto. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Kev, Kevin Groyskutz? What was his name? Kevin Groyskutz. I was thinking of him. Was, yeah. Next up. Oh, God, how am I going to say this name? They started their career at Ferro Caril Oeste. Oh, close to Poon FC. Jesus Christ. And they went to River Plate. And Napoli. And AC Milan. And Valencia. And Real Zaragoza. And then to Racing Club. Oh. Oh. Where did they start? Yeah, what was the club? Ferrol Carril Oeste. You know, that was flawless. I enjoyed that. That was pretty good. What have I said before on this podcast? You just have to say it <laughs> with confidence and it sounds right. Give us the clubs again, Daniel. Ferrol Carril Oeste. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> River Plate. Napoli. AC Milan. Valencia. Real Zaragoza. And Racing Club. Uh, and we have, I'm guessing like that Napoli AC spell is where we know them. I'd say more Valencia. Ooh. Can we have a year? They started their career in 1991. They were at Valencia from 2000 to 2007, and they retired in 2011. They're a defender, centre-back. Oh, how many caps? Oh, Balak! Yes. This, I don't think it's Balak. Is it Roberto Ayala? Roberto Ayala. Shout. It's a correct answer. Oh, that's it a great shout. Two all. Two all. The next one. Number five. Starts his career at Torino. Then goes to Pisa. Into Ravenna. Then Venezia. And Atalanta. Moves to Juventus. And then Atletico Madrid. Then goes to Lazio. Then to Inter Milan. And AC Milan. And Monaco. Followed by Sampdoria. Atalanta. Florentina, and then back to Atalanta for a third spell. Jesus! You will remember him mostly from Inter Milan, because that is the only club where he plays more than 32 games. Bloody hell. This is a big-name player as well. You'll know who this is. Oh, he 
wasn't there. Into Milan. Yes. How many caps? From again, but we'll be here for 15 years. How many caps? 49 caps. Oh. If it helps you any, they got 103 goals for Inter Milan. Oh, yes! Is it Christian Vieri? Christian oh. Vieri. It's a good correct shit. answer. Yeah, oh, good. He's got such a weird career. Before he goes to Inter Milan, remember him, he's Inter. played for yeah. eight clubs, and the most games he played was 32. Wow. I, th- I didn't realise he was at Monaco. Yeah, and he played seven games Monaco, and got three goals. Atletico Madrid, he played one season, played 24 league games, got 24 league goals. He was a good player. He's now 3-2 to Harry, and we have two players left. Ben, you need to get this one. <laughs> I was thinking, hang on, it's two all. Yeah, I completely blamed Adam, the first question yeah, entirely. Now, now, aren't so... <laughs> uh, this player starts their career at Ajax, then go to Liverpool, then to Hoffenheim, and back to Ajax. Then they go to Kasim Passa, and Alain, and Deportivo La Coruña, and Bajiktas, and Fulham. Ryan Barbel? Ryan Barbel. Yeah. It's a correct answer. Harry is our winner with a player to go. Congratulations. Is that back-to-back quiz wins? Thank yeah. you. That he's done it! <laughs> <laughs> if there's a valuable lesson to be learned Pay for attention this, to the question. if you're listening. Pay attention to the <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> They've both been quite close to me, Phil. Old job well done. Mm. That's true. Hey, even the best teams have dips in form <laughs> occasionally, lad. Literally, mate. The problem you've had, mate, is you've just played Man City home and away. <laughs> yeah, speaking of transfers, I've got yeah, I've got some reinforcements coming in January. He's well, not ready. We'll find out next week how you do. Thank you very much for listening to the Streets Don't Forget podcast. We'll be back next week. If you haven't already, please follow us on Spotify and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at SWF underscore pod. Tell us your favourite transfer. Your your weird transfers that you love. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is the Streets Don't Forget podcast if you want to go and follow us over there. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for joining me, boys. Pleasure yeah, as always. Thank you. thank you. See you next week. Gira can hit them. Did David Villa, great finish. He's done just that, he scored. Jorginho's done it. Yakubu making another glimpse of goal here. That is terrific.